Welcome back to season two of the Run Culture Podcast. My name is Dane Verway. I'm an experienced running physiotherapist, coach, and marathoner. This season will involve open discussions with my running colleagues about the key principles behind injury-free running and optimal performance. It'll be backed by personal experience, science, and history. I can only hope some of these chats inspire curiosity and expand or confirm perspectives and beliefs amongst the running community. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the episode. back to another episode of the Run Culture Podcast. It's been a while since I've recorded a podcast, but I'm glad to be back, and I'm back with one of the athletes I coach, Peter Dutton. So Pete's been on the show a few times, and he's uh, been through a whirlwind last 12, 12 months, and I've got him on the show this week, and, and over the next coming weeks, I'll have uh, Jess Dunsmore and Bevan uh, Doers on, on the show as well, and we're just going to chat about and reflect on the last 12, 12 months uh, of their running careers and, and what's what's gone on in their, their running careers um, over that time, what they've learnt, um, the good and the bad and the ugly. Uh, so, Pete, welcome to the show. Yeah, it's definitely good to be back. It's It's been a while, but really hope uh, the listeners can get some value out of this one. Now, um, we're sitting here in my physio room. Uh, you're just fresh off a bit of a gym session. Uh, can you update the listeners on, uh, yeah, what you've learnt over the last twelve months? Yeah, jeez, uh, where do I start? I've I've learned a lot, to be honest. I've um, I've had to I've had to really grow up essentially the last twelve months, and like you said, it there's been good parts, but it, most of it's been some pretty pretty ugly times, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and and as as a lot of runners know, um, there's there's you know a lot of hard times in running. It's a, a tough sport where there's a lot of injuries. Uh, uh, what happened? Uh, yeah, uh, what injury did you succumb to? And uh, yeah, uh, what, what what was the diagnosis? And um, walk us through it. Yeah, so uh, some listeners may know, but if not, a little summary is. Um so I had a September 15th last year. I was um, unfortunate enough to be dealing with a sacral stress fracture. And for those that don't know bone anatomy, it's it's pretty much the base of your spine, like the really hard, solid square bit. I had a pretty sizable stress fracture in it, which shouldn't really happen for someone of my age and athletic ability. So we were unfortunate to be on the sidelines for several months. Yep. So when um, we soon diagnosed it uh, after a couple of sessions, um, the pain wasn't going away. We got an MRI scan and uh, it showed, um, yeah, a big sacral stress fracture. And um, you went and uh, saw 
uh, Paul Blackman at Olympic Park Sports Medicine Centre, a dietitian. You got a, a bone density scan. Um, he pretty much went through the works to try to work out why it happened. Uh, why, like we, we've reflected on it a lot since, and we sort of have come to a pretty um, neat sort of conclusion on on why it happened. Uh, talk listeners through what we worked out. Yeah, so I was. Um because I spent so long on the sidelines, I was pretty much thinking about every day, like why, why this happened, and we really need to find the the root cause of it. And through extensive investigation, we pretty much come to the conclusion that I wasn't strong enough. My body, how did we describe it? My body wasn't built strong enough to be able to handle the workload yep. that it should have been. Like yeah. my athletic performances were way above where my body and my physiological um, anatomy should have been able to handle. Yeah. And unfortunately, that means you break and yep. injuries are easily around the corner. Yeah, so you were doing um, about 100 kilometer weeks and, and training seven days a week. You're working full time. And then when we actually got you doing some strength training we worked out that you couldn't do some basic sort of fundamental movements like um you know bridges or planks or or getting your body up off the ground um so um yeah and 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 it soon it soon made us click it's like oh that's why you know in the in the back half of races you sort of look like you you um sink at the hips and look like you sit down and um uh so mechanically, your muscles weren't absorbing the load very well when you got tired in those 100k weeks and those seven days of running. And uh, yeah, and, and then um, your skeletal system cops the brunt of it. Um, so uh, there was that aspect. And, and then uh, uh, what other, other learnings? Like obviously that's a strength aspect, but there was, there was a few more things that we sort of, you know, it wasn't just one thing. Yeah, that, that's definite. I think... It was a combination of a few things that were, they weren't so much lacking or maybe slightly misdirected or not really 100% thought about in the long term of where my body was at. And that, that was the unfortunate, um, the unfortunate part. I, and I think my passion for the sport was a big, a big thing that definitely can lead a lot of people astray. Yeah, I was kind of in this whole mindset of oh, I'm running well, so nothing, nothing bad's going on. I'm eating enough, so what we thought I was eating enough. Um, I'm handling the running load fine, doing gym, which seemed fine at the time, but it clearly wasn't. And I was racing well, so there's no need to, there's no need to look into anything or ask or answer the hard questions, which. If, if I was asked, then maybe we could have found the root cause a bit quicker. Yeah, it's like um, we sort of have sort of alluded to this time, like the amount of time that you had to have on the sidelines, which, you know, amassed, you know, four months, you know, off running as a time where the silver lining was that um, you were able to address these factors that if we just let them sort of keep going, they were going to really... Um, STEMI, how how good you could be as a runner, um, and also 
the sustainability of your running and, and the, um, you know, amount of time that you could stay injury free in the long term. Um, so the silver lining uh, of this time was you had to take a step back to hopefully go two steps forward. And um, that's been kind of the driving uh, mantra, like over um, the last uh, uh, half a year or so. Um, and uh, I think if anyone who knows Pete, you, you really can see how passionate he is about the sport. And it's a really well said, um, there is that um, paradox where you can be too passionate and it can cloud your judgment and, and it um, can make you be a little bit um, blind to perhaps like the honest, the honest, honest truths. And, and sometimes you need to have those honest conversations. Um, and, and it's, it's, uh, it's quite common to be honest. Like if, if some, you know, if things aren't broken, then, you know, it often takes pain and uh, uh, for you to actually start to do something about something. If, if you don't have pain and, and you're running okay and your races seem to be, you know, somewhere thereabouts where you expect them to be and you're improving, then often um, there's no motivation to question things and change things up. So often um, it's the natural rhythms of runners is to have periods like this, but the idea of viewing it as a good thing and as a normal thing is important, I think, because um, all too often I see runners really, um, you know, it's okay to be negative um, uh, initially um, and there's a time for that and that's realistic, like that's just human nature to be disappointed and, and down at times. But, you know, there's always a reason why and um, to really sort of work out the drivers as to why you got injured um, then you're really making use of that time and you're um, likely to come back a bigger, better, stronger runner um, and uh, really get to enjoy running, um, you know, in the future because um, you've become a more robust runner because you're um, a bit more diverse with um, your approach. Yeah, and I definitely have to review my approach to running just in general because, like... Don't get me wrong, passion's like a beautiful thing in this sport. It's the thing that gets us up every morning and prepared to do the work. But my mindset was always that passion's one thing, but I have to get every ounce out of myself and every given time. Otherwise, I'm just leaving stuff on the table. And that was that was one of the, my misconceptions of how I was going about things. So everything just become hard, harder than it had to be just because I let passion cloud my decision-making to make better decisions in every every week or every moment where if I just took a step back and just took running off the table, is everything okay? And it probably would have been no. I was probably training too hard. I was definitely over-trained from what I was doing. Slightly lazy, um, acutely with uh, nutrition and that that stacks up week after week and accumulative fatigue is is a dangerous thing and it all it all come crashing together by the end of it was there any signs like when you reflect on it now um that uh now that you're more the wiser um that potentially were in indicative of you sort of being overtrained or undernourished, malnourished, um, you know, were you fatigued or tired, were you grumpy, were, 
Um, there are moments where you struggle to get out of bed for certain runs. Where, where there's some signs that now that you look back on it, you're like, oh yeah, I was, um, I, uh, yeah, I was just forcing it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like after, uh, who was the physio that did the interview? Oh, Chris Roach, the dietitian. Yeah. 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 So yeah. after asking him a few questions, he was kind enough to do a Q and A with the rest of the hour squad. And that was, that was so valuable for me. Yeah. Because I asked the questions that I really needed to know why this kind of happened as well. And after, after um, getting the information from him, I'm like, wow, there was, there was so many signs. Yeah. Just like, Didn't you feel like he was describing you at one point? Oh, yeah, definitely. I thought, wow, this is, he, he doesn't even know my last six months, but he's described everything I was kind of feeling. Yeah. Like being... Because another misconception of just, you just assume, well, if I'm tired, then the training's working. Yeah. But there's there's good fatigue and there's bad fatigue. And I was definitely in a, going into a negative fatigue state. And that was like, I was, I was just fatigued in general. And I wasn't even running or it wasn't after a session. It was just the next day you could tell that your muscles and your bones were just struggling. And there was times where like my mood would be like all over the place and just not as not as socially like active as I could have been, like dissociating from like groups and people and like negative aspects like that and and there'd be times even at work because I'd be training so much and working so much, like I mentally I just wouldn't be there. Like I'd I'd kind of be a bit vague. Vague and off yep. with like in yep. my own kind of world. Yeah. And that that's kind of just your brain trying to survive, yeah. essentially. Yeah, your brain needs uh, carbs as well. So, <laughs> so I was I was pretty yeah. much starving my brain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then all that does not is, intentionally, but just yeah. unwittingly, like um, thinking, thinking that it was normal, um, and thinking that that was just training. You know, um, yeah. Because yeah, I probably did a hundred ten k that week and worked forty hours, and it's like, well, if I'm not tired, then like there's something wrong there because i mean any normal human would be tired but then it's all right you get away with it for one week maybe two weeks but if you're doing that like chronically 52 weeks of the year like, yeah there has to be a point where your body just goes we we can't handle yep. this anymore and that's yep. that's where i was at yeah and i think that's really well said i think a lot of those signs and symptoms people will recognize um if it's just an acute thing and it's it's just here or there, you know, and then you you you're onto it. You have the rest day that you need. You you are a bit more onto your nutrition. Um, uh, you uh, make sure that uh, you socialize a bit more if you need to, or um, yeah, one one thing or another. Like you're onto it, and it's just an acute event, and it's not this chronic thing that just keeps happening and happening and happening. Um, uh, I think I think that's that's how you can determine what's good good and and bad signs you know of um, overtraining or or being in sort of this um, negative adaptive state where rather than improving your performance and, and and that's ultimately what you're trying to do but you're you're actually uh, you're actually hindering your performance and you're overtraining and it's not smart training so there's such thing in running as too hard training too hard and that's where that old school sort of footy mentality uh, where it's just no pain, no gain, doesn't work. There's a time where you have to push yourself 
but there's also a time where you have to um, recover and, uh, and make sure that um, you're being smart and pulling back. Um, so it's this push and pull approach to training that works. Um, and often we get biased towards thinking, oh no, I've got to push, push, push. But when you love running as much as Pete does, um, there's a danger, uh, there's always a danger to overdoing it. And, and Pete's not lazy when it comes to running. Um, he loves it too much. Um, and I think, um, uh, I think that's, that's what, uh, uh, how, how, when I view my relationship with running, I know that I'm not lazy when it comes to running. I love running too much. So if I feel like I need to have a rest day, then I know I need to have a rest day. And, and I think that's, um, when you're, when you're, you're not, it's not because you're lazy, it's because you need it. Uh, when you love running as much as Pete does. And yeah, yeah, and unfortunately, like sometimes these bad things have to happen to realize, like you could sit there and be like, all right, I'm doing everything possible to make my running better and my health better until something like this happens. And then it's easy to sit back and be like, all right, I could have changed this, could have trained less hard, ate more, recovered better, and had those as priorities. And that that's kind of my mindset now. It's more every and that was a big thing as well like we'll talk about recovery for a minute um like i probably wasn't recovering enough because like i was recovering but i was also trying to juggle everything at once and try and pack so much into my weeks that i thought were important where now i kind of don't deem them as important and i prioritize eating gym and um recovery yeah. Even above running, which yeah. is something that I didn't think I'd ever do. It was always like, they're important, but they were always like kind of hit and miss, like let's do it. And then it could be lazy, but now prioritizing them and like knowing the symptoms and when I was really fatigued and really in a bad place, I, like, I wake up now and it's like, wow, that was it's a complete like contrast to where things were only six, seven months ago. How are you feeling different? Like, I just, like, I'm I'm present all the time, like, mentally. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not tired. Yeah. And I feel like I can get through the day and be like, all right, I'm ready for tomorrow. I know what I have to do. I reckon you're more chatty at training. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that, that, was, that was the thing as well. Like, I think people, people noticed that things weren't going well, but, I mean, no one was, no one was really... I, if they did, I would have probably brushed it off anyway and be like, I'm racing well. Like, you yeah. saw how quick I ran on the weekend. Yeah. Do you think something's wrong? Yeah. But then all it is is just like me throwing a smoke screen over the reality of how things were heading for disaster. And, the, and that's the hard thing. Like, I think with running injury, we don't have this gauge that goes, oh, you're one week away from injury, pull back. Like, it, we don't have any... Uh, dial uh, we have to read our signs like we've only got um, our our fatigue levels our pain um, our motivation we have to be honest with ourselves but uh, as runners the hard thing is like on race day you need to be good at being stubborn and, and being able to push through pain so there um yeah it's uh yeah a bit of a paradox um and uh being able to separate the the mental um, strength that you need on race day, and then also the 
the nice ability to listen to your body in training um, is a real good strength to develop as a runner. Um, yeah, Pete, I'm interested, like, um, we also added in a couple of rest days each week, Monday and, and Friday, and we really um, tried to make this something that we're just going to stick to for um, a 12-month block just so that um, we can stay consistent, we can focus on the right things, like we're prioritising changing your strength and um, keeping your energy levels up um, while you try to do that. Um, you're jumping on the bike more, um, you're doing strength and running drills on those Mondays and Fridays. You're running, mileage has dropped from 100Ks a week to 70Ks a week. You're running five days instead of seven. Um, it'll mean that you're running 100 days less per year or this year. Um, yeah, I mean, how, how have you managed, how do you, how do you like that approach now? And um, like, you know, two years ago, you obviously would have, like if, if someone told you to do that kind of training, what would have you thought? I mean, two years ago, I probably would have, I wouldn't have thought it was the best idea because I always thought that, I mean, ideally you'd like to be like, a linear progression and you'd like to always if you can run more each year and each week and that's how you kind of can improve but we quickly realize there's more than one way to do it and unfortunately i haven't proven to you or to myself that i can handle anything more so any more is irrelevant at the moment since the injury like we both agreed that whatever whatever I can handle safely and more than safely will be enough because if I stand on the start line and I'm able to run then everything else is irrelevant because yeah. I'm going to run well yeah. if I'm mentally there and healthy and that's that's the conclusion we come to so yeah. I I trust in the process I know um, Bevan's on the same program and like I mean he'll talk next week or the week after about how his year went but i mean it couldn't have gone any better for him yeah i think it's this nice idea of like having a bit of breathing room in the week um just because there's you know so many other life stresses work stresses um uh in life and we just never know how close we are to in, in injury um uh i just think um you've got the capacity to eventually run 120 130 140 k's a week eventually like once you can show that you can keep improving in the gym and you know we just did a quick gym session just then and you can do stuff that you didn't used to be able to you weren't able to do um at the start of the year which is great to see so you keep keep um uh, ticking off strength capacity tests and showing that your ability to coordinate your body and move your body um improves um then um yeah we we know that um yeah ability to tolerate load is going to improve and that's a really good point as well like the idea of like trying to always increase and you know see this nice linear progression and you're always wanting to do more that there is a bias like in the running world to um think think like that um but um like when you think like that, like everyone has a capacity where they're going to break. And um, if, you, if you're just trying to do more every week, you're eventually going to get to that capacity and you're eventually going to find that point. Um, 
your capacity does increase over time, like the more consistent you can be. Um, I think the idea of um, making sure that you have periods where you have an easy week or, yeah, you put that rest in there so that you can actually adapt and, and recover um, and stay on that good side um, of injury is, is really important. Uh, so it's, it's um, yeah, this fine, fine balance, but... You just ran a really good race on the weekend. Um, it was a really good yardstick. 12 months ago, you ran the same race and it was probably the best race of your career. And uh, uh, talk uh, listeners through the race on the weekend. And, um, you know, it was five months, uh, you know, of running uh, since you've been in, injured and um, and obviously doing way less than you, you used to do. Um, you performed really well. Yeah, so it's definitely great to be back out there with the team and just being amongst it again. Even though I, I try, I'm trying at the moment not to go into these races with any expectations at all, just because I think that's when you're coming back from injury, having expectations, it can be good. It will keep you excited, but it can also be, it can also be negative, in the sense that you always hold yourself to those expectations and coming back from injury it may not always go how you want it to but i'm i'm happy to be out there and saturday was a good run yeah like you were very close to um the time that you ran the year before um but like you got through it injury free you enjoyed it it far beats you know um four months on the sidelines not running um you're back doing something that you love um uh you you've mentioned a little bit in training that you're way more spiritual um these days what do you mean by that yeah i still don't exactly know what i mean (laughs) by that but i think it's about it's about kind of quietly asking yourself the questions and kind of being present in the moment like how am i feeling in this moment and how do i want to feel yeah. I know that sounds like very kind of cheesy kind of and like very vague, but it's about, I guess, understanding like understanding your, your energy, I guess, and, um, and just knowing where you're at and working out if you're happy in that, in that moment, I yeah. guess. Well, I think you're grateful to be back and you're enjoying, enjoying being back um, in the group. Uh, in those uh, four months when you were injured, talk us through the times that were tough and uh, how you got through those times because it wasn't wasn't very easy at, 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 no, at the start. It, it definitely wasn't. I know we had, like, quietly between us, we had conversations. Of, I was even at one point considering just walking away from the sport. Yep. I remember, I think, the first training session I went to, all we were doing was walking around the, chat, uh, the track talking. And I remember saying, I don't know, honestly, that I have it in me to do this rehab program. Like, four months is a long time, and I just, I don't think this injury is going to get better. And I don't think I'm going to run again. And that's, that's kind of where I was at. I was really considering just hanging my shoes up and calling it a day. Yep. And that was, that was probably the lowest point, to be honest. Yep. How did you reckon you got through that? Like, um, was it a time thing and... And once the emotions sort of um, settled, you realised that you did want to 
you really, you know, you know, still, you obviously love the sport, like, um, uh, or was it, you know, just getting to training? Was it a mixture of things like, um, yeah, what, when you reflect on those times, like what were the things that helped you get through those periods? Cause I see it every day as a physio, I see people really upset, um, with their verdict and the cards they've been dealt. Um, and those initial sort of emotions and how do you sort of get through that and just go, okay, well, all right, this, these are cards I've been dealt. Um, you know, if I get through this tough period, um, I learn from it. Um, I could be a, you know, a, a better person for it, um, a better runner for it. Um, how do you, how do you navigate that? Yeah, I definitely think early on emotions were definitely heightened. I mean, a lot of things were dumped on me at, at once. Like, all right, we need to see a sports doctor. We need to get in as soon as we can. We need dietitians, blood tests, bone scans, and it was just a lot for someone that had never really gone to doctors or had to book in to try and get into doctors and spending money on all these tests and like trying to work out why this happened it was just a lot it was like four months facing four months no running at a minimum and then having to deal with all this on top of each other i think emotions definitely got got the best of me but i mean it took it took me to really grow up and and understand that this is this is just how it is and this is this is how the sport goes sometimes and um all i was thinking was one appointment at a time one set of results and just keep just taking it a week at a time and definitely getting around the rest of the guys as much as that was also hard because i remember the hardest thing was actually telling the group that like something we were building together i wasn't going to be a part of and that was that was definitely something that was tough to to swallow but I mean, I had to put that aside and couldn't let my teammates know that, like, I was kind of struggling to want to run again. And, I mean, I just used their energy. And I remember I would still, I would leave work early just to go to the races, just to be there. And I pretty much took on an assistant coaching role, essentially. And, and I remember after one of the races, uh, fellow our Bev and said like don't leave the sport we we need you to be part of the team and that was after that it was like well I gotta suck this up and <laughs> I gotta I gotta come back so we've got Bevan to owe yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely well that's the value in a team isn't it like um having other people there you know because there are tough times like you know in life um whether it's running or not um, but other people that you developed a relationship with that um, understand you um, to an extent and um, can see that you're struggling and then they can reach out to you and um, yeah you know it's even just a few you know a sentence that he said like helped you get through uh, that time yeah, yeah. and that, that's definitely one of the biggest things don't don't try and do it alone like find that community and find that support group like wherever it might come from, whether it's people you run with or close friends, like, because it like if I tried to do it alone, I definitely probably wouldn't have come back to running at all. Did you find that you were able to broaden um, your interests like over that period? Did that help at all? Like, um, like did did were you able to 
because um, obviously running's you know a big part of your identity so it is hard to do um, when running has been such a big part of your life um, but did you find you've become a bit more sort of a uh, a well round a more well-rounded person than you were before the injury uh, at all yeah I, I like to think so even though it was it was hard early on I remember you told me like just be a normal 25 year old yep and I remember sitting there like I don't like I don't know what that means yeah like all I've known for the last 12 years is like we wake up and we run and if there's time outside of that then like I don't know what to do with it but yeah I definitely I definitely tried my best to um like get around my close friends that aren't heavily involved in running and just trying to just fed off their energy and what they were doing and try to get out of the house as much as I could yep and try and try and live a normal social life yeah away yep. from running yeah yeah it's like 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 running's obviously the, you're like one of your hobbies and it and you use it um, uh, to sort of get some purpose in your life and and to, to motivate you to do certain things and chase certain goals. A lot of people have not running, they have sailing, they have bike riding, they have knitting, they have uh, uh, bird watching, you know? Like everyone's got their thing that helps, you know, brings them, you know, a sense of joy. Um, uh, but it, it's also like... Um, you know, like it's like like um, it's easy to lose perspective, and um, you know, running's running, um, and it's it's good to also uh, realize that you know you're injured, but you're also like very, very. It's not like you're on your deathbed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. I, that's something I had to had to learn that. Yeah. Eventually, there has to be more to my life than running. And even though in the moment it sucks and all you can think about is trying to get back running or... And, like, it, it's definitely a scary, scary kind of trying to navigate life and trying to work out who you actually are. Like, um, after something that's so big and prolific in your life. Yeah. Oh, no, de definitely. Um, yeah, and I've noticed since you've been back training... Uh, you used to like attack every training session, um, uh, but you've you've definitely like become a bit more like uh, acutely aware of like, okay, this is an important session, or this is a session where um, I've done enough this week. I'll just hold back and I'll just be at the back of the group, um, or like I I just need an easy session, or let's change this week um, to um, something a bit more moderate. Um, I feel like you've valued the greater picture, the bigger picture. You're understanding um, that it's not just all about training more and training harder. It's more about training hard at the right time, the timing of it, and the balance with that of that with rest and absorbing it. Um, would you say that? Um, yeah, you've you've un understand that a bit more or appreciate that a bit more. Yeah, definitely. Since the injury. Like I said earlier, I used to try and get every ounce out of myself in every moment just so I could feel like I was improving and get into that next level where I didn't need to do that. Like, more wasn't more. And I've realised that by losing this whole mindset of just always 
being like I don't know gritty or having to feel like I'm working hard it's just it's such a misconception it's more just enjoy being in that moment of being in the group and training well and think the bigger picture like it's not about having amazing weeks it's about having a good sustainable healthy 12 months so I can actually get to the track season healthy and then I'm going to run well because I'm not going to be tired and my body's and mine's not going to be smashed to pieces essentially I think yeah the last uh, three months has really demonstrated that even just with the you know the early results that you've had um, so soon after the injury um, you haven't done crazy crazy training Um, you've done consistent training that's consistently been in third or fourth gear Um, you've regularly enjoyed your warm-ups and warm-downs you've chatted to the guys Bevan Tom the whole group a lot you're really talkative you're enjoying training Um, I think I've really tried to foster that as a coach because I've seen with my own training over the years whenever I've really loved it I've gone well Um, and sometimes we can get wrapped up in the specifics and the details of the sessions and the workouts and you know uh, kind of look at these mammoth workouts and think that they're the the bee's knees of why we're going well I think fundamentally um, you know you're ticking off you know the boxes consistently over time and you're training um, just in that nice spot and not overreaching but just doing enough um, and just loving it um, I feel like you're more likely to um, do the one percenters uh, keep showing up stay consistent um, but also recover well and not not sort of um, be over overstretched or stressed or force it uh, and I think that's an underappreciated um, aspect to training like it all makes sense yeah enjoy training and and be happy doing it but I think uh, often we you know if you ever like um, uh, you know listen to um, a podcast people are always talking about this mass the massive training sessions they're doing they're not really talking about um, I guess the vibe in the group and the, and the culture that it's being created um, in the group and how how that actually is a huge player um, in successful teams um, and and it's not always about the, oh, yeah, I did one more rep um, than that training group or, um, yeah. Have you felt that? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's been the group's biggest success over the last 12, 18 months is that everyone everyone loves turning up every day and running with the people we have around us Yeah, because it's just such a fun environment. Yeah, we all want to improve and be the best that we can in this sport. But at the end of the day, we're all there and we're all loving what we're doing. And that's, like, besides training and everything else, like, those aspects, like, that is the key to the success. And that's, that's the culture we're trying to trying to build. Yeah, it's not like I don't think of, like, the, the specifics of training. And um, you definitely hold, like, overarching principles of, like, oh, this is an easy week. We'll do this, this, and this. Um, you know, so-and-so is up to this, this, and this. But um the beauty of training in a group um uh is really powerful and um yeah it just makes it all easier and more more uh, more enjoyable and especially coming off um the covid lockdowns um uh so 
Yeah, I don't know if there was anything you else you wanted to mention, Pete, or add. Um, uh, yeah, about um, yeah the last twelve months. Uh, I I feel like we've um, gone over some of the main 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 points. But was there anything else? Um, I guess the biggest takeaway from all of this that young athletes should and coaches as well is definitely communicate all the time and make sure your communication is um, the best it can be. I mean, me and you definitely communicated, but we really, like, I could have been a lot more honest and about a lot of things with the training. And don't be scared to question. personally question yourself and ask yourself the hard questions that some people might not be willing to ask you. And as a coach, if you think that something, like, 1% might be off, like, ask the question. Because you, like, you might get an answer that could help save your athlete from getting injured. Yes, it's uh, a really, really good point. I think communication is is oh, one of the cornerstones to a successful athlete-coach relationship. Um, no one has like an ability to see what's going on in any other person's brain you know like we don't see the inner workings we see that athlete for you know two hours on a Tuesday and two hours on a Thursday Um, and and I think um, uh, you know I've only been a coach for a couple of years now but the amount of times that someone sort of you know, they try not to be a burden, they try not to be a hassle, and they're just like, yeah, I'm, I'm good, I'm good, or I'm pretty good, and uh, you don't hear anything else, like, um, and which, like, there's going to be times where, yeah, you feel like that, but, um, yeah, I think, uh, and and there's, there's other athletes that probably over-report and, and focus on, on little things that, uh, you know, unsubstantial, so, but I think it's better to, over report just to to be sure and and, a, and an athlete and a coach soon works out what is standard standard um uh for that athlete and uh and it's up to the coach to to yeah definitely raise things when they're noticing an athlete's perhaps a bit you know hanging at the back of the warm down or the warm up or they're a bit downcast they're not the usual self they're not they're not um piping up at, at training like they usually do. Um, it's those subtle cues. They might not have said anything, but it's those things that is worth a question and, and ask, okay, are you okay? And you, you might even just get them on there by themselves where they feel confident to um, say something um, if they don't want to say anything in front of the group. And building a relationship with your athletes that is that good that the athlete feels like they can tell you anything. And, and if you've got that kind of trust in your relationships with your athletes that you coach, then you're more likely to quickly and promptly quash anything that could possibly come up and, and, and um, uh, direct and steer the athlete in the more appropriate line of action and, and get onto things quicker. And, you know, there's things that you can't control in, in athletics and, and things that you don't pick up on, like a lot of the the signs and signals, Pete, like you 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 sort of uh, 
brushed over as thinking they were par of the course, you know, like they were just fatigued from from running a little bit here and there. Like, um, and, and it wasn't until Chris, um, the dietitian, sort of mentioned and pretty much summed you up um, uh, that you're sort of a bit more, oh, okay, yeah, all right. Chronically being in those kind of um, uh, signs or states or symptoms, you know, isn't right. Um, so it's also about awareness um, and education and knowing what, what signs are to look out for. And, and that's what this podcast is about. Like, you know, it's perfect example, perfect case study of someone who um, we thought were all good. You know, you had have a physio who deals with stuff like this every day who's his coach and, you know, it slips by, slips under the radar um, because of communication and, um, and how good's that? We're being honest and saying, you know, there's an area that we could improve. And being honest um, and, and uh, uh, working out areas where you can improve is a, another really successful quality that um, athletes and coaches uh, need to um, have to really uh, brush up their skills and become better. Yeah, and definitely another takeaway is um, don't ignore the signs. Like, don't brush over anything that through training or recovery or anything. Like, they're all important, and they're all important signs. And if you think something's not 100% right or you feel you might be tired or something, like, question that. Like, ask your coach, I'm tired, what should I do? Yeah. And, like, a simple conversation like that is most of the time all you need yeah. to know that something might be slightly off and you you definitely can fix it. Yeah. Well, you can course correct so much quicker. Like, um, like if, even a simple question, uh, uh, convo of like, oh, uh, look, I've got exams this week and I'm really under the pump with work. Um, uh, I have to do this um, at four o'clock in the morning uh, three times th- this week they're going to impact um, big time on your ability to absorb the training and they're pivotal conversations to have so that you tinker your training load accordingly. And it's stuff like that. If you're onto it each week, you avoid four months on the sideline with a sacral stressy <laughs> um, or, and, and likewise. Um, so uh, they're, they're the conversations that can change, change uh, they're the crossroads kind of conversations and, it's those signs that we need to get um, a bit better at um, uh, being aware of and listening to um, and talking to someone um, like your coach um, or a reliable um, other, um, someone who you trust, or someone who knows you and what you're training for and, and is educated um, uh, in, you know, in, in the sport. Uh, so, yeah, no, really good, Pete. And a lot of the time all it comes down to is Taking, taking running off the table for a second and just taking a step back mm. and just think logically about it. Like, am I eating enough? Am I overtraining? Am I recovering enough? And if any of those answers are no, like, you can course correct it and you do have time. And, like, it could have been that simple for me if I, if I just took a step back and really thought about it logically. I could have... Honestly, I could have come to the conclusion of what I was doing could have been improved and I could have done it better. 
I've, I've, there's some some personality types are more emotional than others. Um, I I'm actually like quite good at just um, being clear headed um, and and straight to the point, like um, uh, and and thinking about things rationally um, from from the get go. And that's just something that I'm just wired that way. Uh, and I've seen a lot of patients where they really struggle to deal with the diagnosis that they've been dealt and, and there's tears and, and they're angry and they say things that they don't mean. Uh, it all comes, comes out, um, so like verbal diarrhea, um, and they can't help themselves, but they have to voice it. And sometimes you just need to give a person a few days to distance themselves from, from the current, um, current um, yeah, uh, moment. And so then they're gonna actually view the situation a bit more rationally and logically and, and uh, make, make better decisions um, and be a bit more clear-headed when they actually um, come back to the problem, and they're able to sort of make better, better, better um, decisions about going forward. So sometimes, like even you know, from a week to week week basis, we're like, oh, I've got two weeks until state championships. Um, I've got a, a sore sore toe. Um, I just I just won't say anything um, because I want to do the state championships, and I and I just want it to be okay. Like, um, I'll just ignore it um, so it'll be okay. If I deny it, then it's, it's fine. It's not there. Um, that, that kind of way of thinking uh, um, you know, off, often leads to not, not starting the race. Um, whereas if you go, all right, um, I'm, I'm just going to have to, you know, take a step back and, this, you know, put running aside, this has happened. Um, I'll, I'll talk to, you know, my coach or my physio that, that knows, knows about this pain and in injury. Um, what actually is it? What's the diagnosis? What can I actually do right now? Uh, you know, is missing a few days actually going to make the pain go away and actually make me stand on the start line and, uh, run pain free? Like it could be as simple as that. Um, but often, uh, we're so passionately invested um, in our goal race, um, that we just force, force it, deny it, are not honest with ourselves. Uh, we're not facing up to reality, and we're sort of um, living in our own sort of uh, uh, dream, you know, situation. And and uh, sometimes we do need to confront things. And the best thing is to confront things early, so you can get onto things. Um, and then uh, there could be something that. Um, uh, you can do about it uh, straight away. Um, there often is. Um, so, yeah, really, really great chat, Pete. Really worth putting this one out. Um, uh, really happy with how this podcast has gone because uh, it's just an honest, raw chat about what happened the last 12 months. You've got um, a good, uh, a great future ahead of you. Um, you're more likely to reach your potential now because of the way that you think about the sport. You've really grown in the last 12 months. Um, you, you, you're not all running. You, you're a bit more broad with your perspective on what's important. Um, and I think um, as a coach that makes me proud because uh, yeah, you've learned some great life skills and I think um, yeah, ultimately that's, you're more likely to get your dreams and your goals um, through the learnings that you've had over the last 12 months. Yeah, yeah. I 100% agree. I'm happy, healthy, and 
yeah. enjoying being back. Nice. Bevan's just chucked a few uh, random questions in just to finish the podcast and then we'll wrap up. Um, so just quickly, uh, hot fire questions. What's your favourite movie? Uh, Shawshank Redemption. If you could have an exotic pet, what would it be? Um, a panda. <laughs> What's your signature dish? Best thing that you cook? Uh, I can only cook pasta because I'm pretty useless. <laughs> You're learning. I'm learning. What's your biggest fear? Uh, of being forgotten. Nice, interesting. Yeah, you want to leave a mark? There's a spider in your room. What's the move? Uh, leave it. All animals deserve the chance to exist unharmed. Jeez, I think Bevan would be like that answer. Uh, what's your favourite song? I uh, don't have one. Don't have one? I listen to anything. If it sounds good, it's on the playlist. But I don't don't have a particular one. Nice. Uh, what's your favourite food? Burgers. If you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? Uh, Flagstaff, Arizona. <laughs> Pick that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that's one thing you've been planning um, uh, for next year. Is it going to happen? Uh, I, I don't want to say Sorry yes to put you no. on the prop. I don't want to say <laughs> yes or no. <laughs> it's going to happen one day, though. Yeah, it has to. Yeah, um, and I think it'll be great for you. Like, um, yeah, you're out of blind bite. You're in Clyde now. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be nice to um, see you know some different corners of the world. Um, uh, you know, you'll you'll grow um, a lot and you'll learn a lot from it. Um, so no, thanks, Pete. Great chat. Um, uh, yeah, uh, go pigs. Yeah, and if anyone has any questions about the podcast or anything, feel free to message either me on Instagram. I'm actually on Instagram now. <laughs> and um, or the Run Culture Instagram. Fantastic. Beautiful. All right, we'll wrap up there. Nice one. All right, see ya.